Welcome to Childhood Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Welcome back to Conversations with Kate and Carrie. We are so glad that you had a chance to join us. We are going to talk about, well, let's just say unexpected, but yet expected seasons. So we always are in some sort of emergency preparedness season. And today, part of the reason I look like this is that it is currently 30 degrees in Austin, Texas. And Austin, Texas does not handle ice well. And it definitely doesn't handle 30 degree weather well. So even when you prepare for cold ice, hurricanes, wildfires, tornadoes, sometimes you still end up doing things that you weren't really mentally prepared for. And so today I spent an hour and a half outside de-icing vehicles, moving vehicles, because tree limbs had ice on them that they weren't prepared to have. And so we prefer to keep the cars not having tree limbs going through the roof of the cars and spending, well, (laughs) that rainy day fund that didn't really need to be an ice storm fund. (laughs) So, I mean, that's something that I think um, I was unprepared for as a director was the fact that I needed to be responsible for trees that might fall on staff and client cars. And we had staff and clients, we we were on a green belt at one of my schools. And so people would park their cars across the street from the school next to the green belt. So I actually had no control over those trees, but I had more than once a limb fall on one of my client's cars and they thought that I should pay for it. And I was like, no, you chose to park over there. (laughs) And that's the city of Austin. Take it up with them. I don't think there's anything I can do about it. But I think when something like this happens, and again, we're recording and it'll go out in a couple of weeks, but paying attention to where the trees are around your school and making sure that the trees are in good shape, that they're healthy, that you're trimming them between every two and every five years, depending on what kind of trees and yada, yada, please talk to a tree guy (laughs) or tree gal um, about your tree trimming schedule. They're not trying to milk you out of a whole bunch of money by telling you you need your trees trimmed more than once every decade. They're trying to save you from tree limbs falling on your building, on your kids, on your equipment, on cars, because that can be very, very costly. One tree limb in a car. Okay. Well, what if that's a Tesla? (laughs) Even if it's not a Tesla, even if you just have a Ford, $10,000 through the roof of a car. I mean, so it wasn't really what we had planned to talk about, but thank you, Mother Nature, for changing today's topic just slightly. And um, we were going to talk about emergency preparedness, but one of the things I want you to think about as a director is in addition to that emergency preparedness, and I know we've talked about it in past episodes, is having that rainy day fund and have being financially prepared for whatever may come along. Um, as a director, the weather does become your issue. And I know, Carrie, I know you have a story um, that is related to weather and getting roofs repaired and and um, 
you know, this may not be the episode you want to talk about the long-term effects of having, you know, um, building owners not take responsibility for getting things repaired. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's relevant. It is. Um, it's definitely relevant, but you know, let's, let's kind of do a little bit of backtracking and set up <laughs> what the different seasons are. We're not talking about spring, winter, fall, and yep. summer. You notice that I don't do them in order. Um, cause I live here. <laughs> And so they can all happen in the course of a week <laughs> um, or a so day, multiples in a day. Yep. Thursday, but, Thursday. Um, I think we have them all. <laughs> but right now, January through May is wildfire season in Texas. And you might be like, wait a second. Shouldn't wildfires be happening in the summer? Um, no, because in Texas, the wildfires happen when the grass is dormant. Um, and has grown a lot. So it grows a lot in the fall and then goes dormant. And then we have lightning strikes because January and February are our wettest times of the year. So it seems like, well, if it's been raining, shouldn't that mean we don't have wildfires? I don't, I don't understand all of it. I just know that 80% of the wildfires in Texas happen between January and May. Okay. So we get that going. Okay. we got wildfires happening. And then we're like, Cool, we figured that out. And then boom, we get twister season, right? And I just closed my windows that had all of the months because I'm an idiot. But an email came in and it made a ding sound and I didn't like it. Um, but it starts in the spring. I think it is in March or April. Yes. Is yeah, a March. March, March is the beginning twister. of twister season. And then we got twisters for six months. And then before that ends, <laughs> we have hurricane season, which starts in June. It's just like boom, 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 boom. And that goes until November. So basically December is the only month that doesn't have a, a weather <laughs> season in Texas, as far as you need to be prepared for emergencies with a specific type of um, weather. And of course, you know, we also have flash flooding that will happen whenever it feels like <laughs> there's not a season for that. So um, if you're listening to us, we have a lot of folks that listen to our podcast that are from all over the globe. And so with that, one of the things I really want you to encourage you to do is to know your weather season for your state, city, country, and, to, re <laughs> and to remember <laughs> that a lot of these change, right? We have things that are changing. Um, ice storm season really was never a season in Texas, but I can firmly say that really between the, the end of January to the middle to end of February, that six week period, unfortunately, Texas now has to kind of keep in mind that whether we like it or not, we have probably an eight to six, six to eight week season now of that kind of weather that we need to take into account because it's now happened more than once. What, and just three years in a row and you want to call it a trend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, knowing what are the weather risks? Because you may have just moved into this area. So you don't know whether it's wildfires, flooding, 
tornadoes, hurricanes, I don't know, penguin infestation. I don't <laughs> you know. There's all kinds of things that can happen that you need to be prepared for. And we do fire drills, you know, very regularly. Again, here in Texas, we have to do them once a month. But do you, and we have to do weather drills. Well, what weather drills do you need to do? And how do you convey that to the kids without creating anxious children um, and then having to go back and, and read the book that we did in a recent podcast, you know, what is Artemis afraid of? <laughs> because well, and I'm, okay. So, I, so speaking of books, I am going to do a purely selfish plug because when it comes time for June um, and look for additional books coming out this year, um, there we go. Lola and the Hurricane. And Lola and the Hurricane is also available as an audiobook. So Carrie and I wrote Lola and the Hurricane um, all about for hurricane season. And there's some great resources at the end of Lola and the Hurricane. So if you want to start planning now uh, for your uh, hurricane season curriculum, and it's a great little book, you can even incorporate it into your summer curriculum. So that is part of why we are talking about it today, because summer planning is always a big thing for me coming February, which I know some of y'all think is nuts, but we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully you're not thinking I'm too nuts. However, um, Lola and the Hurricane is a great book to incorporate into your emergency planning, um, emergency education with the kids. Um, like I said, it's got a cute little audio book. Um, again, selfish plug. My daughter is the um, primary narrator. But you know what? Carrie is in the book as well, which is great. I am. I am. But the thing is, the reason we wrote it is because most of the books about emergency weather or dangerous weather are all about how it can destroy everything and how powerful and how much heat is in a lightning strike and things like that. And that does not help you get the kids ready. So we wrote it from a uh, social emotional learning perspective about how do you get prepared if you have to evacuate because there's a hurricane coming. So that's why it's written. Um, we're not meteorologists. We're <laughs> educators. And it's all about and parents and parents. And, and we love fun facts. So there are some great fun facts in that book. And yep. like I said, we have um, a couple more coming out this year. So make sure that you look for those. And again, we have, a, a, we have a rough draft of the one for tornadoes, but yeah. we did not, it is not going to be ready. I don't think by the beginning <laughs> of tornado season, um, I guess I could bust a gut and try to get it, but <laughs> it's the illustrations that are the, the problem with getting it done. So if anybody knows a really good illustrator, we're looking for a new one. Um, we actually are looking for a couple of good ones. So if anybody knows a good comic book artist, um, anybody who really loves to do superheroes. So anybody, anyway, that's, that's my, again, another selfish plug or request. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. I just will throw it out there, throw it out there yep. in the universe. You never know what you're going to get. Right. So, so, anyway. <laughs> um, what we need to do is we need to figure out how to have these conversations with the kids without them freaking out. One of my favorite ways to do it is to have been reading books about, you know, silly monsters, like the monsters out of monsters, Inc. Or, um, the alien who came to school. I can't remember the total name of that. It's like a short chapter book, kind of like frog and toad or friends kind of length of chapters. Um, but I would read that. I would have my teachers read that book 
to the kids as we were preparing to get ready for um, doing our emergence, our hide in place, our shelter in place drills, which you use for hurricanes and tornadoes. It is not the one you use for wildfires, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, it might be the one you use for flooding, depending on your area. <laughs> um, but before we were going to do that the first time in a semester or in a term, I would have them read some book about, you know, if a bear came to school or, a, you know, an alien or whatever. And then the teachers would lead a conversation about, well, where would we hide if there were aliens coming to school? And so then the kids figure out where is a good shelter in place spot. And then you do your first drill as if you are hiding from the bears or the aliens or whatever story along those lines you used. Um, and it just made it so that the kids weren't freaking out when we had to do those weather drills. It just made it, okay, we're doing, we're doing the bear drill. Um, and yes, you, this may also be your, you know, stranger danger drill, you know, a lockdown drill, but the kids don't need to know that occasionally crazy people run around the world and we have to hide from them. Okay. So Carrie, do me a favor, make yourself a post-it note. You know how I love those post-it notes and look up some of those books so we can include those in our show notes. Okay. And um, I'm going to end this podcast, not on necessarily on a somber note, but on a reality check. So if you are a director who does not own your building, I am mm. going to have Carrie share her story and I'm sure she's going to love me for it because she, I did not warn her in advance that we are going to go here because you know what? 90% of the time our podcasts go where the, go where they go. And, um, on probably 90% of you are on a lease where you probably are responsible for more than you're aware of. And, but a lot of times major building things, you need to be aware of what your role is. Yep. Okay. So one of my schools, I rented from the previous owner. The owner owned the building. Um, I bought the school and not the building because she was unwilling to sell the building. We had one of our fun frog strangler um, storms. That's what I call them, where a whole bunch of water comes down really, really fast. Um, they don't last very long, but it's very intense rain and there's thunder and lightning, and it broke a tree limb off of a live oak tree, um, which, you know, it's an oak tree, and the so it's nice, dense wood, and the branch itself was probably thicker than a man's thigh. You know, it, I don't, you know, it's a big branch that fell yeah. off of this tree, and it crashed into the roof, and... So there was a hole in the roof and I immediately notified uh, the building owner that this had happened and that they needed to get someone out immediately to remove the limb and repair the roof because we had kids in the building when it happened. She did not. Okay. So who else would you have to notify in that setting just for any new directors who might be listening, just so that we are covering everything in this call? So I notified... Our liability insurance and I notified licensing. Um, I notified when it was clear that um, moisture was coming into the building and I didn't have a, a full envelope. 
um, we notified parents. Okay. Um, so we able to stay long- in the building for a couple of days before the damage caused water to be inside the main part of the building. There, so how long did it take just for in the to attic. Huh? How, how long, long did, did it, it take for to I don't remember. That's been years ago, decades. Um, but eventually, um, we were at a, over a month and she had not fixed the hole in the roof. Um, she had somebody come out, you know, cut down the tree limb and put up some tarps. Um, but this was during the windy season. And so the tarps were getting knocked off all the time. And her answer as to why she did not get it fixed was that she couldn't find a roofer who would work on the weekends, which now having been a contractor, I know is complete and total malarkey. (laughs) Um, but I didn't know that at the time. I, I hadn't been a contractor, but she said she couldn't find anybody who would work on the weekend and that we would have to shut down the school. And because I didn't have business interruption insurance, she would be responsible for paying me for the lost income. And so she would not um, fix it until we had a break and we were going to be closed for several days. Okay. So, so now was I, any of this communicated to you or to the parents during that time? Eventually, eventually. Um, but we ended up in a, I had to close the school down because mold, um, there was mold developing in the school. And so I broke my lease and we had to go, we had to go to court um, because she did not fulfill her responsibilities as landlord. So I had tenants rights but because I still owed her money for buying the school, she said that she would just take out my losses out of the money that I owed her. <laughs> um, and anyway, we ended up in a painful lawsuit. Um, one of my daughters holds a grudge to this day because I missed one of her parties because we were in litigation. Um, she's okay, in her mid Okay. So basically the nutshell out of this, (laughs) where I was going. So Carrie, what kind of um, documentation did you keep during all of this? What were some things that if you could do it again, or what were some things that you made sure that you did have in your lease to protect you during this? Um, We can do a separate episode about buying the property or the business, some of that component. But I mean, the first thing is you've got to have a camera and now we all have cell phones, but Um, not every cell phone camera was particularly good back then. Um, so you have to take pictures, um, that are dated and timed. You have to send emails, not phone calls, send emails so that you have a paper trail to show that you notified them immediately and what steps you were taking to protect the building, because you have to take reasonable steps within your control. So what I needed to do was move any ones that I could, uh, any limbs that I could that were potentially damaging. It's on top of a two-story building. I can't move that, but I could move all the other ones and I took pictures and sent them to her. Um, Everything, every communication, if she called me, I followed it up with an email, recounting what had happened in our phone conversation and saying, if I have any of this wrong, please let me know. Um, so that made it much easier when we went the lawsuit route. 
Um, Arlise said that I was responsible for anything inside from the sheetrock in. Okay. Um, so that meant I was responsible for the HVAC unit that was inside. She was responsible for the one that was outside. She was responsible for the duct work. I was responsible for grills and for filters, you know. Um, and so I, I did have that pretty well covered. And she definitely had responsibility for the roof and for the trees. Um, and she did not have the trees trimmed every other year. Um, so it was her responsibility. And because she hadn't had the trees trimmed every other year is why we had the tree branch come down. It, live oak trees, please trim them every other year. <laughs> um, I don't know about other oak trees. Those are the ones I have experience with. Um, so you need to be very clear in what is in your lease if you are the tenant. And if you're not clear, talk to your realtor and have them go over it and make yourself a cheat sheet, whether that's, again, paper or electronic, I don't care, but you need some sort of crib sheet that says I'm in charge of changing all the air filters or are, is the, the landlord in charge of changing the air filters? The landlord's in charge of changing the air filters. They're going to be in your building every month. And if they're not in your building every month, you need to call them because they need to be changing the air filters every month because we're in childcare. <laughs> um, who's in charge of if a toilet overflows? Who's in charge of it if there's damage to the floors? Who gets to repaint walls? What colors can the walls be painted? All of that you need to know. Well, and not only that, um, and this is, again, another one of those, we could write this down, it could be a whole other episode. Um, even things when it comes to taking on the lease of a building that used to be a child care center, because we can talk about Maynard. Yes, um, we could talk about that. But... <laughs> I've been involved in at least three lawsuits. This one was the most painful because there were kids who were displaced and I had to spend, I and my director spent a lot of time finding other centers to move all of those children to, because we felt that it was our responsibility to do that. Um, we know people who centers were damaged from, you know, the snowstorm that happened here in Texas two years ago, and not from the snow itself, but from they had water pipes up above that burst. Because again, for those of you who live in places that are used to cold weather, you might not understand this. We put all of our plumbing in exterior walls. I know you think that's ridiculous, but that's what we do because we don't, we haven't historically had a problem with it, but we had a lot of programs that flooded during that storm and had all kinds of property loss. And did they have the right insurance for it? They, there was no damage risk to the kids because schools have been shut down. But do you have the right insurance for the different natural disasters that can happen in your area? We could probably do a couple of episodes just on <laughs> But all right, we're I preparing you. Look at your stuff. Talk to your insurance agent. Talk to your landlord and get systems in place for the things that are likely to happen in your area. Thank you so much for joining us for conversations with Kate and Carrie. If you liked what you heard, make share sure that the you show. share the show, leave us a review. Um, we've got some great stuff coming up. So make sure that you leave us a review. And if you like free stuff, make sure that you listen to our next episode where we talk about how you can get free stuff for leaving us a review. 
Not that we don't want your review now, but um, make sure you listen to the ne next episode for more information on how to get some free stuff for leaving a review. Thank you for listening to Childcare Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Want to learn more? Check out our website at texasdirector.org. And if you've learned anything today, leave us a comment below and share the show.